Welcome back to the Two Coin Podcast. It is me, Ronnie O, and I'm here with the one and only, the legendary, the incomparable, Walid. <laughs> do, do, do. <laughs> if we had Aaron Horns, they'd be going stupid right now. They'd be going dummy retarded, man. Yes, sir. But uh, we just want to take a moment, you know what I mean? We're gonna dedicate this, uh, dedicate this episode first to my uh, to my little cousin Nikki. Um, met with a fatal car accident. Rest in peace. Rest the in power. morning of uh, su- Sunday, January uh, February third that morning, and you know, you know he up there watching us or whatnot. So, R.I.P. Little cousin. Yeah, man. Um, it's always tough when you lose like somebody so close to you, but you know, it gives you purpose because everything you do from that moment on is like dedicated in their memory. So, Facts, if man. this podcast is just the start of that, then yeah, yeah. honestly, and it, it it really like uh, it really go like like you said, man. I'm trying to do everything and you know what I mean in their honor because it was just one of those. He was one of those people like that. I like we actually had plans of like you know what I mean. Yeah. The only the only reason we wasn't even able to do a lot of stuff together as a kid and this and that is you know what I mean living on the other side of the globe from each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? But the connection, the relationship was still there. Like, you already know what it is. Like, growing up in America and your, the rest of your family is, like, all the way somewhere else. So, yeah. it's just, you're not going to see nobody on, on a day-to-day basis. And it's like when you have those cousins or, like, relatives that are, like, really close to you, despite the fact that you don't see them year-round, you only see them, like, once or twice for however many years you get to go and visit out there. Yeah, exactly. Like, that just, it just goes to show how strong those bonds are. Because, like, imagine if they were living with you or, like, near you, like, in the same area, like how, where that relationship would be, you know what I mean? So, man, it's crazy to think that because I remember I was telling you my uh, my cousin Jerry was the one who grew up with him, and like it was one of those they was together every single day, seven eight hours a day for fucking nine ten years. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm over here like, obviously, yeah, I, I got some feelings about it, but it's just man, I'm I, I pray for him, I pray for my aunt, I pray for his, uh, for my. Cousin Steffi, Nikki's sister, like you know what I mean. People that this 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 kid impacted a lot of people's lives, bro. Yeah. He was he was one of those like he left an impression on so many people. Yeah. But it's like at the end of the day, we can't forget about the ones that like on a day to day basis. That boom, like couple months from now, people that were there at the you know what I mean at the hospital. I'm not gonna say they gonna forget about it, but it's easier for them to go on about their day. And meanwhile, my aunt's still sitting there like, yo, I just lost a kid. Yeah. You know what I mean. So it's yeah. just. Gotta pray that they get that strength to, you know what I mean, maintain and push on. But hey, how have you been though? I know, like, 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 really though, how have you been? Like, a couple of days have, have, have gone by since you came back from that trip and everything. And I'm not know, gonna it's, lie, it's a lot to process, but I'm not gonna lie, bro. Like, I've been doing whatever I can to not think about it. Yeah. And trying to keep yourself busy and whatnot. Yeah, but I'm not even gonna sit here and be like busy. Just me, trying to ingest myself with as many things that's not going to get me in my emotions because I don't know, bro. I'm not somebody that, like, likes to get into my feelings like that. But, yeah. I mean, obviously that ain't a healthy way to go about shit in life yeah. in general. But, yeah. you know what I mean? That's how I've been doing it for this past week. Like, but. Yeah, I feel it, man. It's like, at the same time, I feel like there's a lot of people that say trying to keep yourself busy and keep yourself active all the time while you're dealing with grief isn't, like, the best coping mechanism because yeah. you just end up stressing yourself out. But. I think if you, like, draw, like, a fine balance between keeping yourself busy and not spending too much time, like, wallowing in your own thoughts and emotions, I think it's, um, you know, 
time heals all wounds. Like there's no perfect way to cope and everybody's different. But I think like you said, keeping yourself busy is, is probably the best way to go about it. Yeah. Yeah. Just trying to find something to, and I honestly, I'm not even going to say anymore. Trying to find something distracted. It's just more of like, Brad, like, yeah, I need, I need to stop fucking just drinking my pains away and drinking my problems away because at the end of the day, it's like, boom, fast forward, it's still there and you still haven't dealt with it. Yeah. So fast forward a week later, me doing everything I did this past week doesn't change anything or any of the emotions that haven't been handled today. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So. But I mean, it's like, also, it's like, if you're keeping yourself busy, you can't let it get to the point too much where it's like, you know nobody knows how i'm feeling you always got to have like solid people in your corner like good friends big facts that you can like really vent to and that'll really listen to you you know what i mean that's that's really important yeah yeah no i appreciate it man i know yeah, i know my condolences, y'all bro. Me. I, I know all y'all like yes sir real shit. Like, you know it's all love man that's not and even I'm, a question man but uh yeah man and it's it's crazy like 2020 just started and it's it's wild like the amount of people that's already gone you know yep. what i mean yep and this is just, you know what I mean? This is just one person in my life. Now you talk about on a global scale, think about how many people's just gone, like Yeah. And it's like not even just how many people are gone. It's if you think about it, it's not really that many people, but it's we'll just get straight to it. Kobe, man. Like Yeah. Like Kobe dying just feels like still like such a heavy weight. You know what I mean? Cuz so many people are impacted by it. Ex- yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know? And it, it, it's crazy, like, I don't know, I'm not going to lie, like, a part of me almost, like, I don't want to say forgot about the whole Kobe's death because it's like Kobe died and then within a week later my cousin died. Yeah. So it was just one of those. But then now it's like I sit back and I look at it and it's just, I really look at, like, my cousin the same way that when you see the impact that Kobe had. I'm not saying obviously not on a global scale. The world didn't know my cousin like that. Yeah. But um, I was telling somebody earlier today, um, when I was in the hospital, like, visiting him, the amount of people that pulled up was ridiculous, bro. I'm talking at least two to three hundred people in the time yeah. that I was there, and I'm I'm not even just talking just the Indian side, like all his Italian people that he like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Grew up with, met their families and whatnot. Yeah. So when you talk about like somebody like Kobe who had that obviously like global impact or whatnot, it was crazy to see like my little cousin had that same thing. Yeah, man. And it gets you thinking, like, bro, it's really like, what are you doing with your life? Yeah, like it, it puts it into perspective. What kind of person? that person was when, you know, so many people are grieving over him. That means so many people cared for him. So many people, like, were impacted by his presence. Like, that just lets you know he was a really, really, really good dude. You know what I mean? Genuine. And, like, a lot of people feel that way, so. But, yeah, no, like, rest in peace, Kobe, and especially his little little baby girl, man, like. I mean, bro, this was honestly, like, the first celebrity death. I know we've had, like, a lot of them recently, which sucks, but this was, like, the first and only one that I've shed real tears over. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, and I grew up a Kobe hater. Like, I was never a Kobe fan. I used to talk so much shit about him. When oh, bro. <laughs> You'll be both. You know what man. I mean? But it was like I was never that passionate about an athlete, love or hate, as much as I was about Kobe. But you know what's crazy, bro? Like, I'd say, like, especially, like you and me probably coming on the same perspective on this. It's just the way people, the passion that people had for the love that they had for Kobe was the same amount of passion that I had towards my hate for Kobe. Yeah. You know what I mean? And no, it's like there was no in-between. There was no neutral zone with Kobe. At all. You either are a fucking diehard fan or you just can't stand him. And it was just like, bro, like, we would hate him because it was just, you was so fucking nice. Yeah. But you wasn't somebody that I was fucking with. Oh, you he know would what torch I mean? my team, bro. Like, like, day in, 
day out. And, bro, for us, I mean, two, as a Phoenix Suns fan, granted, like, we're used to being torched, but Kobe I mean, used but to give still, us the business. <laughs> like, back when we was growing up, like, dog, like, y'all squad was doing something, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was always the Lakers that y'all yeah. ran into. And we had his number, man. Like, we had Rajah Bell. He was getting in his head a little bit. Rajah Bell yeah. was getting in Kobe's head. I mean, Let shit. that be on the record. You can't say he wasn't. You can't say he wasn't. But, no, nah, the point being is, um, you know, like, a lot of people felt passionate about, about Kobe. Like, I know a lot of people that, like, despised him even more than I did and that were really, really, like, affected and hurt by his loss because, like, even outside of basketball, like, before his, his passing, I feel like the whole narrative around him shifted in the sense that a lot of people that hated him came around to really appreciating how good of a dude he was outside of basketball. Are you talking like, about when he retired? Life. Yeah, like, in his, in his like, retirement. Like, I'm not going to lie, bro. You kind of saw, like, the same, like, environment of people who were, like, yeah, I used to hate Kobe, but, man, respect. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, bro, I, I think for me that moment came during the span of that last game. As we were – because remember, it was you, me, yeah. I think DJ, Tati. Yeah, we were watching that game there. live, yep. We're sitting there watching that game live, and I'm not going to lie. Like, No, no, I don't, wait, uh, not to cut you off. I don't think I was with you all that night. You weren't? No, I remember specifically because uh, it was during finals week okay. when we were at State, and I was uh, in the library. Should have been studying, but I was just streaming that game. Just watching it? Yeah. I mean, but but you feel me, though. It was like throughout, like from the first quarter all the way to the end, by the time that last buzzer went off, it was just like yeah. every hate that I had in me yeah. kind of just like went away, and it was just like, yo. Especially that last minute. Like, all right, I'm witnessing some legendary shit. Like, yeah. I'm witnessing some great Even though my man took shit. 50 shots, at least he was yeah. efficient the last minute. And it's crazy because even in that moment, you knew that was one of the best sports moments you've ever witnessed in your life. Oh, easily. By far. It's probably number one. And and you know what's even more beautiful than that? The fact that he literally, his last game, kept the Jazz from going to the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's you, some Kobe shit. Bro. You see like, you see that tweet that came out? Like, uh, it was a couple days after his passing. And uh, they were showing, like, slow-mo clips. Of Kobe at the free throw line getting his sixty uh, first point, and they were like, uh, they were zooming in on Gordon Hayward, and apparently when Kobe was at the free throw line, Gordon Hayward like intentionally stuck his foot out baseline, uh, so they, they they'd like blow the whistle just in case he missed, it'd give him another shot to get those points back. You know what I mean? Okay, okay. Yeah, so it just shows you the amount of respect. The playoffs was on the line, and he still let Kobe have his moment. You know? Yeah, man, it's crazy, and it's. I think that, um, like, with the whole, uh, the way the NBA was, like, honoring him and the way they went about a lot of stuff, like, I loved, like, a lot of the tributes. I'm not going to lie. They got to a point where it was just, like, we don't need to find every single thing that we can tie with the number 8 and 24. You know what I mean? It's always the annoying-ass conspiracy theorists that are like, oh, bro, 8 divided by 2 times 81, uh equals 25 which is the average amount of field goals kobe took per <laughs> per game through his career or some shit like that and they'd always try to find some way to spin it to like fit whatever type of narrative they wanted but hey the, the only thing that i'd say like if conspiracy theorists want to talk about it like that they would have a point i just look at it like as a major ass coincidence the fact that there's 24 seconds on the shot clock he's the number 24 and then it's an eight second backcourt his other number was eight yeah that in itself when people were taking the violations for that it was like, yo, that was meant to be. You know what I mean? Yep. That yeah, was like it perfect was tribute. To be. But then it was just, I'm not going, what was it? Andrew Wiggins put the ball down on the free throw line. Kobe took his last free throw shot. And like, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. It starts to get to a point, it's like, bruh. Yeah, it's like, okay. It's a little ticky-tacky and it's a little. But going into like the whole, like this whole All-Star weekend, I bring up that point just to say like, the whole setup of the way that they had the All-Star game this week, um, 
you know what I mean, this year, I fucked with it, like, you know what I mean, it bought the energy back, mm-hmm. but it also goes back to, like, we gonna add all the points, add 24 at the end, to yeah. the honor, like. Bruh, okay, I'm just gonna be honest and really transparent here, I still don't understand the rules. Oh, for the new one? I, I still don't, even after watching the game, like, front to back, I no, still don't understand that shit. It's literally like. Like, I, like I 75% understand it. Okay, but then okay. there's a lot of like gray area that I still I'm like okay so why did they reset the shot clock like you know what I mean it's yeah. just like a bunch of little things that I think were probably unnecessary. I mean I'm not like I like the whole idea of um it's kind of like each quarter reset it's like they're fighting for something new every quarter and they play for charity you know what I mean yeah but then at the same time it's like you go back and you look at the score team LeBron won the first quarter team Giannis won the second quarter both by large margins yeah. and then uh, the third quarter team LeBron won again. You know what I mean? So it's like, were they doing it on purpose? Did Team LeBron just give Team Giannis uh, what, last a year? shot at winning the second quarter just out of pure kindness for the kids and wait, the charities? Wait, LeBron LeBron won last year too, huh? Yeah, they won last year. Hey, I'm not going to lie, bro. I, but I, last year was pretty competitive too. I was, I, bro, I was sitting there watching uh, with Mark over at work, right? And we just see, like, you see both the charities cheering and going dumb, right? Yeah. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, man, what if, like, the other charity that's losing, like, they're not about to get 300K to their charity? Yeah, <laughs> like you feel me? No, nah, but I heard uh, they were saying Adam Silver came out and actually said that the charities would have been taken care of regardless. But it was it just gave the players a little more incentive. I don't know if the players knew that the charities would be taken care of regardless, or if Adam Sandler, Adam Sandler, Adam <laughs> Silver <laughs> is capping. But you know, I don't think they just leave him out hanging like that. Yeah, I mean, fuck with all the imagine though they're like, oh. it's like sorry, little Timmy, Chris Paul couldn't make the bucket. You don't get your money. <laughs> Maybe next year. <laughs> Maybe the kid goes up hating fucking Chris Paul yeah. the rest of his life. Yeah. It's like, imagine if Anthony Davis would have missed that. Giannis got the rebound, passed it up court, and then they won the game instead. Like, would you really leave the kids hanging like that? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you almost had it. You gotta be quicker next time. <laughs> it'd be fucking hilarious, but yeah, it'd be fucking <laughs> Oh, man. But nah, man, this shit. Hey, I'm not gonna lie. That last, that last, like, what was it, three, four minutes when the shit was actually like, you know what I mean? Starting to like, oh damn, because it's no longer a time, like a, a, shot, a clock anymore. You know what I mean? They're going yeah. for a certain number. I was saying, bro, they should have put Trey Young back in. They should have. Cause but like, I feel like it was just the way of uh, the coaches telling them, "Huh, you, you still, you still a second year player." Still bro, I mean, I feel it, but the All Star Game is about the fans. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it is. But at the same Trae- time, at the same time, if you want to make it more competitive, think about it. They had uh, Trey Young and Luka Doncic both on the bench for that like last four or five minutes, right? Yeah. But who would they have like in place of them? On Kemba. Team Giannis, they had uh, no, no, because Kemba was a starter. On Team Giannis, they had uh, Lowry instead of Trey Young, and then right. on Team LeBron, they had Chris Paul instead of Luka Doncic. And I feel like those two players alone made the game way more competitive. Luca and like, bro, you can hate on Kyle Lowry as much as you want. Oh, you're talking and, about uh, Lowry and, uh, and Chris, Paul. Chris Paul. Yeah. Instead of Trey and Luca. Bro, you know I what know I mean? You saw that moment with Chris Paul, like, almost forgot that it was a goddamn uh, all star game. I think it was, uh, bro, who, who do you get into it with? There was, like, this moment when uh, it was supposed to be a jump ball, and, like, everybody's, like, yelling and tripping. I'm, I'm sitting there, like, dog, y'all know this is still an all star game, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> was getting ready to fade. Bro, yeah, Chris Paul's about to punch the ref and shit. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> But Man. nah, like going back to what I was saying though, like Kyle Lowry, like as much as you want to hate him and a lot of that hate might be validated, like all those charges he was taking towards the end. Yeah. Like that makes it more competitive. Bro, the fact that he even took one charge yeah. in an all-star he game. He took like four in a row, bro. 
And one of them was kind of a bullshit call because it was a late whistle on James Harden. Yeah. But still. I'm not going to lie, bro. I thought I thought that James Harden bucket was going to count and I would have been so mad. Yeah. Remember that last one where you yeah. hit it? It was just, there was no flair in it, nothing about bro, it. Bro, because they blew the whistle right as he was releasing the shot. Yeah. <laughs> like, because Larry took the fucking charge like at least 20 seconds before they blew the whistle. But either way, man, like, I still don't understand the rules 100%, but if it means making every All-Star game as competitive as the one I just saw, yeah. then I'm all for it. Keep it. Do whatever the fuck you want with it. Like, the nah. NBA is the only proactive sports league in America right now. Facts. 100%. I'm, I mean, bro, I don't I don't be watching uh, the Pro Bowl too much like that. I don't watch the Pro Bowl at all. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, too much does? like that. <laughs> but I will say this, like... Even even with the uh, with the MLB like their All Star game, you know what I mean? Like, there's never like a weekend or you know what I mean, where like this many people give a fuck about like an All Star weekend. You know what I mean? Yeah. So at least yeah, so, so like you said, at least they're actually trying to be proactive on trying hey, to make it better. You know what the fucking MLS Major League Soccer does with their All Star game format? What? Instead of doing East versus West, right? They just take one roster full of All Stars, kind of like a Team USA type of thing. Okay. And then they have them play against like a. A top like European league, but then that top European league, like say a Real Madrid or a Juventus or a Barcelona, they're not gonna play their Messi's and Ronaldo's and their top <laughs> players. That's a rest game. That's an exhibition game. They play their fucking bench players, and they still mop on all the U.S. All Stars. For real? Yeah. God damn the European second stringers. Yeah, do- I don't know if that's the actual format, but there was a game last year that I caught on ESPN Plus. Where it was MLS All Stars versus Juventus, and Juventus had all their bum ass end of the bench <laughs> players in, and they fucking mopped on them. <laughs> like, bro, that's sad. On American soil, that's sad. <laughs> Man, it could be on Eddie soil. America's <laughs> not winning soccer at all. Hell no. <laughs> like, hell no. We're so trash, bro. It is just, I mean, bro. I feel like he, motherfuckers that even play for America, they find out they're one percent European. They're going to that country. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like. But I mean, hey, so the All-Star game was Manny, you feel me? Oh, yeah. Rising Stars, let's start with that, because obviously Saturday night we could talk about that. Yeah. We got a lot to say, but for that Friday Rising night, That's kind of like the appetizer, the warm-up to the weekend. You feel me? Yeah. You waiting for your, you waiting for your, that's like the soup. You yeah. You know what I mean? And you want to talk about a non-competitive game. Boy, that me, that might be the most non-competitive game of all time. <laughs> all they do is just throw oops to each other between the legs, bounce pass, Alley hoops and shit. I'm not gonna lie, bro. Those what was it? Those like last five dunks that Zion did. Yeah. Them shits was crazy, it's but it's like, crazy. bro, make one. And they were a lot of them were were assisted by Ja. How? I mean, you know what? They still rookies. I'm not even gonna say it. They still got like the rest of their careers. But imagine them two joining together at some point later in their career. Yeah, once they're like already in their prime and shit. Yeah, yeah. I feel like their names will always be tied together now. For the rest of their careers. John's like yeah. Trey and Luca. Yeah, one and two pick. That's crazy how like how good of players we got as the one and two pick in the last few years. Facts, man. Bro, and you know what's crazy? Like as raw as Zion and Jai is this year, I'm still tripping out on that Luca Trey from last year. Like, bro, these are second year players. And now they're all star starters. And it's like it wasn't even a debate. Luca's an MVP candidate. <laughs> He's not going to get it, but just the fact that you're a candidate. You're you know, it's like it's like saying I'm Grammy nominated. Even yeah. if you know you're not going to get the Grammy, you know. At least like, you're Grammy nominated. You're Grammy nominated. You can put that as, a, as on your title. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Luca being an MVP candidate in his second year. He ain't really, 20 yet, huh? Yeah, like, bro, 
I think he just barely turned 20, but I could be wrong, so don't take my word for it. I, don't I know mean, shit. but still, barely turned 20 or 19. Like, yeah. What was you doing when you was 19, 20? Dropping 30, 10, and 10. Yeah, saying, oh, Luca, crazy, man. <laughs> nah, man. But yeah, nah, that Rise of Stars, the, oh, man, the one thing I will say, though, and the reason I bring it up is just because I, rem- I, I got reminded of it again watching that game. Miles Bridges fucked me this year. In fantasy? In fantasy, bro. Yeah. Because, like, that first half of the season, hey, hey. this was, bro, let me just finish this, bro, because this... Bro, like, mm, the first half of the season, this dude was so garbage. But I kept holding on to him because it's like it's a second year. He's going to break out. It's go- And, bro, just garbage. 20% shooting game after game. Just turn. You know what I mean? And that's why I feel like he didn't deserve the MVP. Just because I know how, like, underwhelming he is no, but on listen, his team. No, but listen. So, it was like I dropped him at the beginning, like, the second week of January. Since the day I dropped him, bro. Mm-hmm. This dude has become the bona fide second or third option on on uh, Charlotte. Who picked him up? Fucking Prim. Oh shit! Like, bro, if you literally look at his numbers, bro, he's 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 averaging like seventeen, eighteen now. Fucking with close to ten rebounds a game. Damn, for In real. The, since the time I dropped him, all shooting above like forty-five to fifty percent. Yeah, nah, because when you dropped him, uh, he was on the waiver wire, and I was looking at his numbers, and I'm like, nah, he's kind of trash. And that's when I kind of formed my opinion on him. But that's neither here nor there. Our <laughs> listeners don't give a fuck about our fantasy <laughs> basketball league. They're like, man. They're like, what are these niggas talking about? But no. Nah, nah, I don't think Miles Bridges deserved the fucking MVP. Like, if you look at his stats, he only had 20 points, five rebounds, five assists. Like, those aren't MVP numbers. The fuck like, you get the MVP for? Yeah, and it's like, you're not playing defense, nigga. Why? You, you better have had at least 20 points. Yeah. Like, hey, a little side note. You watched the celebrity game this year? Nope. I saw bits and pieces of it. I almost forgot that we had one until I asked you this question. Yeah, right like, now. I'm not, I'm not going to sit through that shit. And it's on a Friday, like, nah. Like, a Friday <laughs> afternoon, like, right back, like, right after I get back from work. Like, I'm not, that's not the first thing I'm putting on my TV. <laughs> Watching a bunch of rappers hoop. <laughs> and they should stop calling a celebrity game because it really don't be no celebrities there. You know what the most fucked up shit about that is? The fact that they have professional WNBA players participate in the celebrity yeah. game. That is some disrespectful yeah, shit. These are professional athletes and you're just reducing them to celebrities. <laughs> the fact that you got a WNBA player and a rapper on the court together. That's some disrespect to her, bro. You, you got them playing with fat 40-year-old men. like Fat 40-year-old senators and <laughs> team owners. Yeah, ex-NFL players and shit. Man. And even when they brought, remember when they brought, I think it was like four or five, nah, it was probably like seven, eight years ago when they brought Scotty back in. When he when he came in and like was part of the celebrity thing, this motherfucker drained like six threes in a row. They're like, damn, he's playing like it's the finals. Uh, yeah, he fucking, he has six championships. <laughs> like. He can get a bucket. He was the second best player alongside Michael Jordan. (laughs) (laughs) How was that a celebrity? Like, yeah, I'm not surprised that he can still get buckets 20 years later. (laughs) But nah. um, No, to answer your question, I did not watch the Celebrity All-Star game. But I did watch the dunk contest and the three-point contest. Man. Hey, that's that's Saturday night. I'm not going to lie. This was was a... a, Damn, how do I say that? It was cool to see people that you weren't expecting end up winning it you know what yeah. i mean like i think this was like the second year or third year in a row where the skills challenge was um like decided between a center and another position like it's always been a center and the finalists and that's crazy to think because didn't Jokic win it one year i or, think so or he was i know he was in it for one or two years he, i know for sure he was like one of the final two players but i cannot remember marcus was in it uh what do you call towns was towns, towns was, was in it. one yeah like, there's been a lot of centers that have been winning it, which tells you where the league is going. 
But uh, nah, man, Bam Adebayo, that he's gonna be the best center in the league soon. Yeah. Like I think he's gonna surpass like Embiid. You think? I think so. What about? I think so. You think he's gonna surpass Jokic and Cat and all of them? I think so. Think about it. He's only twenty two. Like he's already an all star. Like he, right. he is this his second year? Wait, I think it's his third. Third. Okay. Third year. Okay. Yeah. But um, like he has that heat, like toughness in him. Like Pat Riley and Spolster both fuck with him. Uh, he's a great defender. He's long. He can like defend the post. He's a, he's a rim protector. He can shoot. He can pass. He can do everything. Like, yeah. t- I think his 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 ceiling is higher than Embiid's. That would be crazy to see because if that's the case, bro, like. Miami really just came up. They had they had Hassan, you know what I mean? Hassan had a little trajectory, thought he was going to do something, got his money, and just completely flattened the fuck out. Yeah. Like, bro, Bam Adebayo is such an upgrade from Hassan. Hey, I'm not going to lie. I wouldn't have been saying that two years ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, because Hassan be getting lazy as fuck. Like, he, he could be a lot better than what he is right now, but he's just like... Has no drive he, in him. Yeah, he only plays when he feels like it. And, you know, if you're Pat Riley, that's... That pisses <laughs> that's you the not going to happen. Yeah. But yeah, no, like going back to what we were saying originally, yeah, he won the skills challenge and that he barely won that shit because him and Sabonis shot that final three uh, at the same time. His just went in before and that's what basically decided the challenge. I'm not going to lie, bro. Having both of them like run it together. Because remember when we was younger, when we watched everybody did it themselves. Yeah. Like people went one at a time. Like I get it doing it together. But like when you talk about some shit like that, it's just one of those. Imagine they both shoot it and the balls bounce off each other type mm-hmm. shit. You know what I mean? It just kind of fucks up the... And it's like it doesn't determine who has the most skills. But, yeah. I mean, it makes it more competitive for sure. Yeah, when you got somebody else that you're running after. Yeah. But, hey, that three-point contest, though, man. I'm not going to lie. I forgot who won it. Uh, What was it? Buddy? Oh, yeah. Buddy healed. But he barely won it, bro. I'm not going to lie. I thought Burton's was, was about to come out the fucking cuts. I thought Devin Booker was going to win it. I mean, he had the like. I mean, he had the lead all the way through. I just thought like the way Burton's was shooting some of those like racks, and like you mean Burton's? Is that what his name is? Burton. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Burton's. Burton's. <laughs> you know that guy Burton's on Washington Wizards. <laughs> Burton's. But I'm not gonna lie. I guarantee the NBA was just sitting there like, please don't let this guy win. Please yeah. don't let this guy win. Yeah, like the NBA doesn't want any more <laughs> players that nobody's ever heard of winning these types of things. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, I think they wanted fucking Devin Booker to even win it too over Buddy Hood. Yeah. Like, but, yeah, man. But, like, Buddy was a sniper on that shit. He did his thing. Buddy's a really good shooter. Just the Kings are trash, so nobody notices. Tor- At all, cares. man. Because he, 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 what, averaging over 20 this year, huh? Yeah, like, bro, like, if you watch Kings games, which I'm sure most people don't, <laughs> like, he be pulling up from wherever. Honestly, like, if you put him on... A lot of other teams, he would help tremendously. Didn't like, Vlade say he's like the next Steph Curry? I mean, bro, like he wasn't far off. Like, I, and I, like if you watch him play, you see where Vlade was going with that. Okay. Even though it might be a little too far, but like. He's from that cloth. Like his game, he don't pull up from right at the line. He pulls up like from a couple feet behind. Yeah, a couple feet behind somebody. Okay, space, okay. Like, I don't know too much. I Like I seen Buddy a couple times. I don't know his game too much like that. Like he, Buddy Heald is exactly like who the Lakers need. Lakers, like, instead of trying to go for, like, Bradley Beal or, like, Clay Clay or whatever other shooting guard they want to go for, they should target, like, Buddy Heald, even though he just signed a contract. But they should try to trade for him or fucking Bogdanovich because Bogdanovich is going to be a free agent in the summer. Which Bogdanovich? The Kings Bogdanovich uh, or the, the Jazz? The Jazz Bogdanovich who's the better Bogdanovich. That's, what was it, Boban and Bohan? Uh, yes, something like that. And then what was the other? Marjanovic. That's the yeah. last <laughs> Bogdanovich, Bogdanovich, Marjanovic. Euro- we've, we've talked about this before, but these Eastern <laughs> European motherfuckers are just infiltrating the league. 
Literally, bro. <laughs> it's like <laughs> they're here to avenge the Soviet Union. <laughs> <laughs> Man, hey, bro. So it all came down to that dunk contest. I'm not gonna lie, like Derek Jones, like he did his thing, but goddamn, bro, I feel for Aaron Gordon. Yeah, I fucking feel for him, bro. This is what his third year now. Yeah, yeah. And third time he got robbed. I'd say if anything, out of the, I, 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 out of all three times, he should have won at least two. He should have won this one for sure. Like, like I'm sorry. Derrick Jones Jr. was dope. And this goes to my point of me always saying, like, the most important deciding factor in the dunk contest is getting it right on the first try. The more yeah. dunks you get right on the first try, the better chance you have of winning. And Derrick Jones Jr., I think, got all but one on of the his first. attempts on the first try. But at the same time, like, that just... Goes into the category of execution, right? Yeah. But the, but the dunk contest, you also got to account for creativity. And Aaron Gordon's dunks were 10 times more creative than Derrick Jones Jr. Because Derrick Jones Jr. just went in between the legs on almost every dunk. Yeah. Like, yeah, I get it. He was jumping over somebody. He, was, he, had, a, he had this prop here. He had this prop there. But at the end of the day, you take the props away, and it's almost the same dunk on every attempt. Bro, you know what the smoothest dunk out of that entire contest was? The Aaron Gordon off the backboard one-handed windmill 360 like bro that bro, shit was that, filthy i thought i thought it was going to be over after that dunk that, bro, i'm like that, just wrap it up that didn't even look real you yeah know? it was just one of those it was like poetry in motion yeah it like, was it looked crazy better regular than slow-mo you know what i mean you know how and, some dunks look crazier slow-mo yeah and like i said he didn't get it on the first try that dunk but it was so fucking good that you you forget he didn't get it right on the first try <laughs> yeah you know man. like and that's why that whole um that clip of Vince Carter just walking down after his dunk contest and looking into the camera and going, it's over, it's over. That's why that shit is so legendary because every dunk contest, there's always that one dunk where people yeah, are always like, it. it's over. And I thought it was this one. And I that's mean, why bro, I think he got robbed. It was like even like the last one, fucking, um, not the last one, I think it was like two dunks ago when he jumped over uh, the mascot. Yeah. But like it looked like he was sitting up there. That was another one of those dunks, like it's over. That might be the best dunk in the dunk contest history i'm willing to go that far that i've seen that's that's the best dunk i've ever seen yeah and that was in an nba dunk contest let me be more specific that was, yeah bro that yeah. you think he's gonna come back next year or he's just probably no nah, i think i think he was dead serious when he said i'm not doing this shit no more like i'm i'd be mad too like because then now it's just like you know that they, if he ends up coming back they're gonna try to give it because bro in, in his head he's probably thinking i almost single-handedly bought the dunk contest back and doesn't have a chip to show yeah for like, Zach Levine has a lot to do with it, but he has a chip, and he only did it twice, whereas Aaron Gordon did did it, I think, like, three no, or four Aaron times. Aaron Gordon. No, no. Uh, Levine got two chips. Oh, he has two chips. I'm pretty sure he, 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 won, he won it twice. But didn't he win it both times that he participated? And I think both of them was against, uh, was against Aaron Gordon. Yeah. I mean, but either way, man. Like, Aaron Gordon, like, he's done this shit before, and he's wowed the crowd before, and for him to not walk away with anything is just kind of some bullshit. Yeah, especially <laughs> him coming from like the magic. Yeah, There's nothing else you know to play what I mean. For. Like y'all are lucky he ain't demanding a trade, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, speaking of which, what team? Like a little side note, what, what team you think could use a uh, use Aaron Gordon, take him to a championship contending, or take him to a championship caliber team? Obviously, if you throw him on like the Bucks and any of these motherfucking like already Celtics, Aaron Gordon on the Celtics, they're playing small anyway. Like if you just. Brown, if play Tatum, sm- and If you Gordon? play small ball, and hear me out, throw him at the five Ooh. instead of instead of like Daniel Tice, Aaron Gordon. Who would you throw at the four then? 
I mean, you already got Tatum, Tatum, Hayward. Tatum, then you got Hayward at the three, then you got Brown at the two, and Kemba at the one. You might be on to something that right there. That would be a lethal starting five. That's that's the best small ball lineup in the league. That would just destroy everything the Rockets are trying to go for. Yeah, <laughs> athletically down low, they would be many, especially yeah, it, it, especially with Gordon and uh, Tatum. Yeah, and then you got Br- yeah, you could you you, you could easily hide away uh, what's his name Kemba's defensive flaws with that. Oh yeah, for sure. Who you want to see in the dunk contest next year? I want to see Giannis in there at least once. But I feel like he's getting to a point now where he's just an NBA superstar, and that's kind of beneath him. <laughs> kind of like how LeBron. When it was he, beneath we, LeBron the minute he walked at his yeah, league. Nah, it wasn't beneath him when he was on the Cavs. When he was on the Cavs is when he really should have done it. No, I'm saying in his mind, he was probably like, oh, I'm LeBron. How dare yeah. you ask me to join the dunk contest? <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. All the greats have did it, so I want to see Giannis do it for sure. I'm trying to see Luka in the dunk contest. Could he finish this? Not really. <laughs> Man hey, can't hey, even hey, take hey, off. Hey, no more white players in the dunk contest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Pat Connaughton was nice. Bro, he didn't get as much love as his dunk should have gotten. You yeah. know what I mean? Bro, that shit, that shit looks so hard, bro. Like, he caught it with both hands. Like, ricocheted it off the fucking backboard and then dunked it. And motherfuckers was so quick to, oh, that's cool. All right, next. <laughs> like, no, it's because you don't really see how dope it is in slow, in slow motion. It's just like he barely makes the dunk. Yeah. Right? Like, it barely scraped into the rim. I mean, it, honestly, that's what I thought that's what I the thought. first I'm like, time. What the fuck is so special? <laughs> but then they showed it in slow motion. I'm like, oh. Oh. Oh, shit. Oh, that looks hard as fuck. But no, it goes back to what you were saying. It's all about that very, fr- like, initially when people see it, they yeah. got to get, get wild by it. Yeah. We're going to see, man, shit. It was cool though, man. All star, all star weekend is back. Oh yeah, for sure. But you know, we on the second half of the season now. This is a sports podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, man, we on the second half. You know what I mean? What you think? Right now, who do you think taking the taking the chip? I got, I got Milwaukee. Away? You got Milwaukee. I got Milwaukee. We might be on the same side of that one. My sleeper though, out of like for the whole season, it might be Miami, bro. Miami's not going to win the chip. Like, if anything, I feel like their ceiling is Eastern Conference Finals. And I feel like that's pretty realistic for them. They can get there. If, if, if all the pieces fall into place. But if if not the Bucks, then I'm going to say my second pick is, is the Lakers. Lakers. So either the Bucks or the Lakers. Yeah, I'd say either the Bucks or the Clippers. But I'm telling you, man, if there's any team that's equipped... I mean, uh, that, that's a lot. If there's any team that's equipped, it's the fucking Raptors. But then right after them... I don't know. Some about Miami, bro. Like all they need is just right place, right time, and they yeah. got they got the pieces to pull they, it they off. They have the pieces, man. They do have the pieces, and uh, they have the winning mentality. But I don't know if they have the experience, and that matters a lot. Big facts. You know what I mean? Um, what was I gonna say though? Yeah, because you just mentioned the Raptors, which makes me think of Nick Nurse, which brings me to the question of who do you think wins Coach of the Year? I feel like that question doesn't get asked enough. Not this year, nah. Yeah, like Nick Nurse. Or Eric Spolstra. I feel like they don't give it to Eric Spolstra. Because I feel like by now he deserves at least one. He hasn't got one? Yet? Nope. Even on the four? Oh, because nope. everyone always said it was LeBron. It was LeBron. Nobody gave him his credit until after LeBron left and he was still keeping him competitive. Like, bro, like, I think. Bro, didn't they only miss the playoffs like once after LeBron left? I think they missed it twice. But their teams were, were really bad when they missed it. And they still weren't like at the bottom of the East. Damn, okay, okay. You know? But. Yeah, I feel I like by by now by now he's probably him, he's probably a solidified top five coach in the league, so he should have at least one. But if not him, then it's either Nick Nurse, because you gotta think the Raptors lost Kawhi, 
and all all four of their best players have been injured for a significant time. Like Lowry's been injured. And the fact that the second Ibaka's seed. been injured. Siakam's been injured. Gasol's been injured. And they're the second seed, and they went on like the biggest winning streak of the season. So I feel like Nick Nurse has to be up there. And Billy Donovan, OKC. Yeah. I mean, hey, but so here's the thing with OKC. Do you think that's more credit due towards Billy Donovan or more credit to Chris Paul? I feel like it's a combined effort. Combination of both, yeah, between Billy Donovan, Chris Paul, and and and, and the the GM, what's his name, Presty, Presty, because like, for for last minute trade requests from your two fucking superstars, to get this roster out of it, like it's it's pretty good, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's still like like for a last minute, let's put something together in panic mode type roster. This turned out nicely. Hey, worst without coast. Chris Paul, a proven leader, wouldn't have happened without Billy Donovan putting it all together. It wouldn't have happened. So you got to consider him too. No, I hear you. Yeah. Hey, worst coach, worst coach in the league right now, and that that Cavs. What's, what's that? Cavs. What's his name? Bayline. Nah, what? no, but 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 hear me out. Worst coach in the league, but you also got to take into factor everything that they have, and what they're doing with what they have. Because you can tell, like, bro, I I get it. Coach, uh, our coach, you know, what I mean, he ain't he ain't been the best. Obviously, he just stepped down and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But you also got to think who we have. You got a bunch of young raw talent. That's it. Yeah. Did you did you see that report that came out today though about John Bayline? When did he get fired again? He got fired like sometime this week, right? I think like yesterday or the day before. But there was a report that came out today from the Athletic that was saying um after that whole thugs slugs controversy bullshit that yeah. happened, apparently like all the uh, Cavs players were in the locker room and they were blasting like rap music songs that, that had <laughs> thug in the title. They, they, they were slapping Bone Thugs in Harmony Thugs Mansion. <laughs> Bitch, thug thugs. <laughs> yeah, literally, they, like everything with thug in it, they were slapping it every time John Bayline was within 10 feet of him. Hey, man, I mean, you should have known what the fuck was going to happen. Like, oh, no, I said slugs. I didn't say thugs. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I said bigger. I didn't say nigger. <laughs> 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 okay, okay, buddy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But not, nah, bro, because I was about to say, honestly, like, Brett Brown needs to get fired. Yeah. He needs, like, hell no, nah, he does not deserve It's long overdue. He like, does not deserve that fucking roster. It's long overdue. I guess the the franchise is, like, loyal to him, and they're giving him that shot, but I feel like, all right. Bro, didn't they give him the shot, like, every year? Yeah, like, it's time to cut ties. Like, bro, how are you guys this garbage? This man is not it. At all, man. Yeah, like... At all. Like, bro, you even take, like, you give any of these other coaches half of that roster, and they will do double what they're doing right now. And fucking Embiid and Simmons' uh, chemistry is crumbling before our eyes, and that has a lot to do with the coach. Yeah. Like, every problem that the Sixers have, the finger points right back at Brett Brown. It's like, the why way the, I see it. Why the fuck he still got a job, bro? Yeah. What, what other NBA topics do we have? <laughs> Really, the last one I'm really trying to talk about, man. Why the fuck do they keep doing Dame dirty? And it, and you know what? I feel like he's just a victim of like not being at that level. He's like stuck in the limbo between fucking bona fide Hall of Fame superstar, what like a LeBron level is. Yeah. And you just entered that Hall of Fame superstar level. You know what I mean? But he's like caught in like, he's never going to, like, he's not going to be a. A LeBron, Giannis. I feel like he has to catch some blame for it, too. He's, like, blindly loyal to Portland, knowing he's not going to win there. Like, that, like I mean, even when they were at their best, like, you know, at the end of the day, Dame wasn't going to win nothing there. It's a small market. He's been there basically by himself ever since Aldridge left. 
Like, yeah, McCollum is good. Like, uh, don't get me wrong. I love McCollum. But once Aldridge left was when he should have known, like, yo, it's time. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I don't know why you're so loyal. Like, I get it. You got the Supermax. You can take care of your family for generations now. I will never downplay that. But from just a strictly basketball perspective, like, he shouldn't be that loyal to Portland because he could have gotten that money or anything close to it to be on a way better team. Right. Because what he signed? A little over 200 mil? Yep. Bro, go sign. He's one of the highest paid players in the league right now. Go sign 140 mil with a different team. Yeah, I get it. Six. Okay, first of all, I can't speak because 60 mil is something that I ain't never seen in my life. Yeah, but you talk about generational wealth. I'm pretty sure 140 mil versus 200 mil, like your family's still gonna be set. Yeah, yeah, man. I I just I don't know. But either way, like I don't know if he's if he's always getting snubbed or underrated because uh, he was. He made first team All NBA last year. You know what I mean? Wasn't that the first time though? It was the first time, but you know he's, he got it. Like it was undeniable at that point. Yeah. And you know what I mean? He's like early in his career. Yeah, he got snubbed for the All Star game, but I feel like now he's like a no brainer entry. You know? And I don't know. And I, I feel like a lot of people saying, you know, players are underrated. They don't look at the salaries they make. You know what I mean? He's a super max type player. And like we said, a lot of other teams would have offered him the same or close to the amount of money that Portland did. So if teams are offering you that much money, only like a select handful of players in the league get super max consideration. And I feel like if you're in that bunch, I feel like by default, that doesn't make you underrated. You know what I mean? I hear you. I hear you. Like if you if the if you're making that much money, if you're making that much money, how can and we all know that you deserve to be making that much money? There's no debate about whether or not you should be earning super max money. You can't be underrated. You can't be underrated. You know what I mean? At that point, I put the blame back on him because he decided to stay stay loyal with the Blazers, and he shouldn't have. And I, bro, I'm not gonna lie, man. You put Dame with any other two guard, I just don't think him and CJ's work, bro, because they look like they're the same fucking height. They both. Defensively, I'm giving it more to Dame than CJ. You CJ know McCollum I mean? is glorified Monte Ellis. Yeah, yeah. He's like if Monte Ellis fucking had an extended prime. Yep. But like he's a really good player. I love watching him play. But he's not gonna really contribute to winning much. He's not a second option, bro. Yeah. He's a solid third option. Yep. You're yep. not gonna you're not gonna win with with, with CJ as your number two go to guy. Yeah. Like, yeah, you'll get, like, those 30-point outbursts, 40-point outbursts. You know, he might win you a game or two. Their front office is like, okay, Dame, we're going to get you some help. Here's Melo, and here's uh, uh, Trevor Ariza. <laughs> like, what the fuck is this, man? Some some two mid-30 past yeah. their primes. You gave me the corpse of Trevor Ariza. Man. Shit, bro. I guess. Speaking of Ariza, let's get into music. <laughs> <laughs> this How do you segue listen? from that? The listeners don't be thinking, oh, man. Yeah, how do you like that podcast. transition? Yeah, creative-ass <laughs> transition. But nah, shit, man. Um, a couple of these new releases with this music. I mean, shit. I'm not, I'm not even going to lie. I'm looking at this list we got in front of us right now, and you got Yo Gotti. I'm not even going to hold you. I haven't listened to that shit, nor am I planning <laughs> on it. So I'm you not, tell me what you think of it. I'm not going to lie, bro. DJ put me onto that Yo Gotti album. Oh, yeah? That shit is fire, bro. For real? Yes. And this is cut, bro. I, I I was never somebody that listened to Yo Gotti like that. You know what I mean? I never really fucked with it like that. But I tell you, bro, since that man showed me that album, that one song, Untrapped, is on repeat daily. Untrapped. Like, the, the album, obviously, there's a couple throwaways in it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You got this one song called Ho, which is Heaven on Earth. And it's just like, I'm a ho. You say I'm a ho. <laughs> <laughs> just keep going like that, bro. But I mean, 
they're a little couple throwaways, a couple extra shit, but you know what I mean? There's also a good handful of tracks on that that where it was just one of those, like, okay, nah, I'm fucking with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah. I, I always, uh, uh, him and Black Youngsters is the same nigga. <laughs> <laughs> he's just. All the Memphis motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> he's just the, he's just the not as funny Black Youngster. Yo, Gotti, Black Youngster, money bag, yo. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Memphis has a sound, though, so. They do, bro. Shout they do. Memphis. But, um. Shit, what about that Mac Miller album? Circles. Yeah, I've only I've only ran it in full like twice. R.I.P. Mac Miller. That shit's always beautiful, bro. But yeah, it's uh. But the thing about it is, I have to be in a certain mood to listen to it. You know, I just yeah. can't. I, I just can't throw it on whenever because it just it, cuts too deep. It just yeah, it's it's sad, man. Like fuck, dude. Like knowing this guy's like past and. I mean, you know, I've I've told you, bro. Like I was never the biggest Mac Miller fan. Like obviously when he was alive, like I would, you know what I mean. Yeah. I never really sat there listening to Mac Miller. Like honestly, yeah. a lot of like the songs, it was either I would hear it in passing, or you and Nick used to put me on it. You know what I yeah. mean? But this was like one of the albums. Um, Kev was telling me about it, and then like one of my one of my coworkers was like, "Yo, uh, listen, listen, that new Mac album." So I was just like, "Ah, right, let me check it out." Sat here, played it, and like, bro, I mean, like you said, I only listened it all the way through, like you know, three, four times or whatnot. Yeah. And it's not something that like, hey, it's a it's a vibe. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a certain vibe, but like. I really like that front to back. Yeah, I mean, like, and as a casual fan of Mac Miller, like, it definitely gave a little bit of closure for sure, because it shows you how gave much a little bit of what closure. <laughs> you said closure, <laughs> closure. Did I <laughs> enunciate, nigga? <laughs> closure. But um, it it just it just goes to show like um how far Mac Miller has come as an artist and where he's evolved because he was making just like party boom bap uh. Frat raps <laughs> when he was it was like oh yeah. nine twenty ten you know what I mean I love college yeah it's like and to think like my early memories of Mac Miller was just my junior senior year of high school just getting into a bunch of fuck shit and that's when and he, he was came part out, of the huh? playlist yeah <laughs> yeah so and to see where he is now as a complete artist multi instrumentalist and you know R I P Mac Miller yeah facts facts Y G Kalani conclusions with a K conclusions. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it when you see it with a K, it almost makes you want to pronounce it differently. <laughs> Conclusion. Conclusion. <laughs> we do it with an Asian accent. <laughs> Conclusion. Conclusion. Huh? <laughs> 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 but nah, hey, hey, uh, tell me what you think of it because I didn't do my homework and listen to it. So I liked it, man. But it was just one of those like. It seemed like a super long, like, baby, I'm sorry. <laughs> like um, I, I cheated, but it don't count, though, because that bitch was a hoe when you were queen. <laughs> but, that, that, that's, that's the gist of it? Yeah, I mean, I, bro, trust me. Like I, like I said, I only listened to it, like, twice, but it was cool. It was just, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't know. YG could have been better on it. I'm not the biggest fan of celebrity couples getting in the studio and making songs together. That's the thing. Let me bro. just keep like, it a bean. You know like, what? thank you for just. It comes it. off as just corny and just fucking like a gimmick. Yeah, and especially because we know now, like, especially we we saw like the whole drama happen between y'all. Yeah. So then now it's just kind of like, it would have been one thing if they made a track just for themselves, but it's, yeah. the feeling of it is like, oh, we want to let the world know we're all right. Yeah, and then you know I start getting into my little deep thoughts, like, oh man, were they fucking? Was it a publicity stunt? <laughs> like, here comes the fucking conspiracy theorist in yeah, me. Yeah. Nah, big facts though, bro. But um, D Smoke, you heard you heard his project? I've heard bits and pieces of it. He's dope, man. I fuck with him. You know the biggest thing, like, and now like the more that I listen to it, it's starting to make sense. Ebro said this uh, right after the um, right after that uh, 
What was that? What the fuck was the show that he was on? Oh my god, I'm fucking retarded. It was on uh, the Netflix show. Yeah, with Cardi B. Rhythm Chance and Flow. And, yeah. So right after like that finale came out, you know, obviously the entire world is fucking talking about everybody had an opinion yeah. on that shit. Yeah. But the one thing that Ebro said that actually like, and now I I see it more and more. Like trust me, like I fuck with D Smoke heavy this and that, but it's just him sounding like Kendrick could be like a bad thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, he, I I do kind of get that sometimes. He does sound a little bit like Kendrick. Like almost like too much. It's one thing yeah. to get the comparison, but it's just like Yeah, the little voices he does, but yeah. It could be a bad thing, but it's all how he plays with it. It could also be a good thing. It's never it's never a bad thing when people like your music and they say hey, they compare you to Kendrick. Yeah. <laughs> you all, know what all. I mean? Like I take that over somebody saying yo yo shit trash. <laughs> you know what I mean? I can work on not sounding like Kendrick if I'm not intentionally doing it. You know? Yeah. Cuz even like I feel like he's not intentionally doing it, so I'll give him that pass. Because if you hear him talk, like his voice doesn't sound much different than like than his rapping than voice. his rapping voice. You know how some rappers like when you hear him talk, it it sounds nothing like like when they rap like Drake, perfect example. Yes, you know what I mean, yeah. <laughs> like you got a rap voice, then you got your talking voice. But D Smoke is kind of like he falls in the category of it sounds the same. So I don't think he's intentionally doing it. I think he's just comfortably rapping. Yeah, you know what I mean. No, I I only brought that up just to say like if it gets too much to the point where it's just only people see you as Kendrick, it might be hard for you to pave your own lane. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So you gotta you gotta shift that narrative on your own. You gotta force people to think outside that. But nah, as far as far as the album though, bro, like I like shit was cool. Shit was uh shit was different, especially like uh Inglewood High, like his first project he he dropped like right after uh the show's finale came on. I think he's doing a good job with taking the time that he had from obviously like the people in rhythm and flow like they knew who won yeah. way before we did you know what I mean? it, was all, it was almost done like months to a year in advance yeah so i would say watching how d smoke's been taking advantage of that platform and the way that he it, it seemed like he got a plan for how he wanted to come out you know what i mean yeah. like the craziest thing to look at is just um when you look at somebody like sir his little brother you know what i mean yeah being with kendrick being being part of tde um, just just like an example, Sir only had like I mean only, but uh, he has like what two hundred fifty to three hundred k followers on IG, right? Here's an example. Yeah, D Smoke right before that fucking like um, right before that finale dropped, right before even the show and everything. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he was at like a thousand, two thousand. By the time that finale dropped, that next week he was at one point four mil. Yeah, that's crazy, man. And to see what he's doing with taking that platform and yeah. just actually having like it, it seems like he knows what he's doing and yeah. how he wants this figured out. I I love watching like hungry like up and coming artists take advantage of whatever like platform they're given. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's the biggest platform he was given, and he just fucking like seized the moment. You know what I mean. Best like, way to put it, yeah. That's the that that's the best way to show like how hungry you are. You know what I mean. And it's dope. obviously it it's different to too when you in like your early thirties coming up. It's just, yeah. Because, I mean, you've experienced a lot more out of life. So, like, you know, you're more familiar with, with like, the discipline it takes and what w- type of work ethic goes into, like, really succeeding. Yeah. When you have, like, that much more life experience. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, it's dope, man. I Like like I said, seeing, like, artists that are older, like, blow up is, is really dope to see. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Because it's one of those, it's, like, Because if you're trying to do the same thing, it puts it in, into perspective. You know, that shit could take, like, years. Yeah, yeah, nah, bro, and it, it, and it's cool to see like, yeah, somebody that makes it when they thirty versus when they make that make it when they twenty. It's not to say that a twenty year old doesn't have the same passion, but you know the passion is still there when you thirty, still chasing the dream. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. 
Right. And then if it comes to fruition, it's like it, it was it was meant to be. And you're not gonna waste it at that point because you you went through such a long journey to get there. Yeah. You're not just gonna throw it away over nothing. Nine times out of ten, a lot. By the time you're thirty, most of the times, like bro, a lot of your morals are set. A lot of like your values in life is etched in stone. Yeah. At that point, like whether you learned it the easy way or the hard way, at that point, you know who you are. Yeah. You know you have a you have a, a, a well established idea of who you are. Whereas in your like your twenties. Like, you're still trying to figure that out and piece it together. Yeah, your early yeah. 20s, you have no idea. Your mid-20s, you start to piece it together. Your late 20s, you start to put it all together. Yeah. And then your 30s, you have a perfect idea of who you are. So, it just, it's dope to see for sure. Big facts. But nah, like, building off of that, man, speaking of, like, long journeys and artists who are, you know, doing it the hard way, Brent Fayez, Brent Fayez, however you say it. Okay. Yeah. Hey, I'm not going to lie. That's Fayez, his last name means winner in Arabic. For real? Yeah. Now, I'm not going to lie, bro. Um, well, two things I want to say about this fool. One, I actually didn't hear this whole album all the way through. It's, it's really good. I, only heard, really, I, I remember really good. Uh, y'all were telling me about this dude even before. Because, you know, what, what's, the, what's the name of his old album? The one where he just has the picture of him just sitting there? Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Tell me I why. I my, all I want to say, tell me why the motherfucker don't look like Kyrie in that picture. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but if, if you see him like in videos, he looks nothing like him. But yeah, in that picture, yeah, he does a little bit. But, um... Now, I need, I, I need, I, we talking about Brent Fias, fuck the world. Yeah. Now, I need to, um, I need to listen to that all the way through, but you liked it? Yeah, I liked it, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that it was an easy listen to digest. You say what? It was an easy listen to digest, because okay. it was only, I think, like, 10 tracks and, like, right around 30 minutes long. So Any, any throwaways or not? No. No. You can run it all the way through, because only th- around 30 minutes, and, and run it back again, and have a like good idea of what you think about the album pretty quickly, just because okay. it's like short and sweet, and I kind of like that format, especially with artists that aren't like still proven yet. Like, give me an easy listen. Yeah. Give me something that when I look at the track list as a consumer, as a basic consumer, I'm like, oh shit, ten songs, thirty eight minutes, I could run through this bitch and like on my way to work. You know what I mean? Yeah. You just throw it on. Versus then, you see some shit that's an hour and that's 45 an hour, minutes. Yeah, like already, even before you listen to it, you're already putting it off in your head because like, nah, it's a commitment. Yeah. It, it really isn't. You're just listening it's like to a music, movie. But you just look at it, it's like, damn, an hour and 18, like, fuck, I don't want to listen to it. You know what I mean? See, it's, it's especially like, a, like it's, some, it's a psychological thing you got to deal with. I mean, bro, that, that's even me sometimes, even to this day with like E-40 projects. Like, only only thing I will say is at least with his, I know I just hit, throw the bitch on shuffle. It's like a playlist. Like, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's just one of those, like, if I don't know you, you have no credibility on Yeah, it's like, I'm not listening to this hour and a half long shit front to back multiple times before I form an opinion on it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I don't really care about you like that. Give me facts. Give me three <laughs> songs and I'll let you know how I feel. Yeah, so if it's a 30-minute track and it's an artist I'm not really familiar with, uh, I'm more willing to give it a shot. So you got to play, like, the consumer brain and, like, the psychological aspect of it that way. Yeah. And it's all it all went back to the streaming era, man, and like it's a win win situation because of the of the reason we just mentioned, like basic listeners, like most of us are, just drawn to the short track list. But it also runs up your stream numbers because the most the more people like run through the album front to back for that thirty minutes, yeah. like each song is like two or three minutes. It's easier to run through. Boom, you get more plays. Versus you having like ten songs, it's yeah. five minutes a piece. And that matters more when you're an artist like Brent Fayaz, who's completely independent. Where's he from? Um, I do not know. And I'm not even going to try to guess. But, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> there we go. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> At least you keep I'm going to guess, like, 
either DC or like somewhere in the Midwest, like okay. St. Louis or some shit. Look it up. Look it up. See if I'm Saint, right. St. Louis. When's the last time St. Louis had an art? You know what? Before I talk shit. St. <laughs> Louis got Nelly. No, no, I'm saying. No, I'm saying before Nelly and the Lunatics. That was like. Uh, Chingy. Nigga, come on. <laughs> Chingy, like, bro, trust me. I fuck with Chingy, but. Bruh. This motherfucker was the definition of a one hit wonder that was able to get a couple of one hit wonders. Yeah. Like, ain't nobody sitting there listening to a Chingy project all the <laughs> way through. Even today, if you drop something, like, nah, man, go into business. You made me money. <laughs> he used to always wear the St. Louis Cardinals fitted. <laughs> He's like, I'm more St. Louis than him. <laughs> Christopher Brent Wood, Baltimore. Baltimore. Uh, close enough to DC. It's like, a, what, like an hour or two away? <laughs> but either way, um, man, now that makes sense because uh, he blew up off that gold link hook, which he fucking absolutely killed. Which hook? You see money on your way. That's him? Me. On the night come to me. Yeah, it's Brent Fayaz, bro. Oh, I see. Yeah, there we go. Fayaz. That's why there's such a buzz around him because that sh- you can still feel that. That song will never get old. And the hook is the biggest reason for it. Like, yeah, Shy Glizzy had a dope verse. Gold Link had the, had dope verses, but, bro, that hook is what makes the song. You hold no rank. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, I did not know that was Brent Fayez. Brent Fayez. Is it Fayez? I have I, no... I, okay, in, in, in Arabic, it's Fayez. Fayez? Fayez. Is he, is he Arabic? No, but the, the, the name, the, the last name Fayez is an Arabic name. And you see that like a lot with a lot of artists? Like using Arabic names? Yeah. I mean, Wiz Khalifa. Um, <laughs> I was about to say Rakim, but that's his actual name. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, just, I, I don't know, like. Because I, I, I was about to ask, like, man, do you see a lot of artists playing with like the Muslim culture? In hip hop, but then I'm like, honestly, the only person I see is Kevin Gates, <laughs> not even playing. Yeah, with yeah. But I used, to, I, I'm not gonna lie, I used to have that opinion about him. Like, okay, he's just exploiting. But I think I've, I'm, I'm pretty convinced now that he's actually like a devout Muslim. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Just seeing the type of dude he is, like, even like if you just take away his music or his antics or whatever, just like he seems like a really, really solid dude. Okay. Like he seems like he closely follows the fundamental principles of Islam. Like he says, like, it's not just a show, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I respect Kevin Gates in that aspect because I can, I'm convinced that he's a, he's an actual, yeah, he's an actual Muslim. Muslim. Like he knows what he's talking about and he's done his homework. So, yeah. Okay. But I mean, he's, he's also tried to convert other artists like Moneybag Yo is a Muslim. Oh, for real? Yeah. And he has a heavy Kevin Gates affiliation. So I'm going to only assume that Kevin Gates got him into it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think he tried to convert. What's his name? Um, fuck. NBA young boy. I'm feeling on this year. I guess it's just a uh, yeah a way for them to get off yeah. the streets. But nah, if you're talking about like a uh, Busta Rhymes, Ron Browse, get out of money. That shit's so ignorant. Hey, like, when you first heard that, what was your thoughts on it? Was you just died, bro? Like, yeah, I was dying at first, but then they did the remix. When they were like reading verses from the Quran, and I'm like, ah, okay, y'all wait for real? Far. Yeah, yeah. Oh shit, I didn't, I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they had DJ Khaled in the video doing the wave and shit. <laughs> like, hey, look, we got a real Arab here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> DJ fucking Khaled. Yeah. Nah, that's. Uh... But nah, man. Speaking of DJ Khaled, are you looking forward to an album from him in 2020? Bro, I don't really like. Look, I'm not saying that I don't care for a DJ Khaled album. It was just, I'm not gonna lie, bro. Let me, let me. Here's, here's my thing with it. Mustard is a better version of Khaled, but yeah, go on. The thing with Khaled, bro, is just 
look, man, I gave him his flowers. Like everybody always like, you know what I mean? We know that he can, he, he's a great artist, this and that. The whole shit with fucking, um, what was it last year with Tyler, the creator? I don't know why, bro. That shit just rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. Like my whole perception. It's like of you a hating ass nigga, man. We're talking yeah. about you're mad that you didn't get album of the year where yeah. you fucking brought in an entire fucking cast to be a part of this album. And Meanwhile, you got one guy who made it damn near himself. And not only that, it's just extra snaky coming from Khaled because it goes against all the shit you be preaching on Snapchat that made you so famous. Like, bruh, why are you hating on this man? Like, like, and it's like, bro, like he made a better album than you. He made a better album than you. Like, like these mainstream artists like get so clouded with the fact that oh like they're they're not playing his songs in the club they're not playing his songs in the whip like no like there are real music fans who appreciate music that are fucking listening to Tyler the Creator because I'm not gonna lie bro when's the last time you played a fucking Khaled song uh, here and there yeah no but I'm 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 just saying it's you know what I mean there's 24 hours in a day yeah. I'm sorry, but I'm choosing the person who I'm slapping at least like 15 to 20% of my day over the guy I play once every fucking week. Yeah. Or once every two yeah. weeks. You know what I mean? And it's not even that. It's like just Khaled, with this album, he just came off as really like a lot more big headed. And it wasn't even like a good body of work, really. Like there's a, there's a handful of Khaled albums that I really like. Bro, Major like, Key was like amazing. He, he, he was responsible for a lot of really good songs. And I'll never take that away from him. But with this one, no. This wasn't one of those albums. I mean, like you said, bro, he just getting a little big-headed, bro. Like This wasn't one of those albums. And it's always the artists with, like, weak albums that get them the Grammy Awards and shit. And then, what, we get mad at them for getting a big-ass head. It's yeah. like, oh, shit. It's like, yeah, oh, shit. I don't have to put in that much effort, and I'm getting more credit. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, man. But, nah, I feel like it's a good time to wrap this motherfucker up. Hell yeah, and I was looking at that last topic, but you know what? <laughs> we gonna leave that one off. Okay, we gonna, we, gonna, we gonna leave that one for next. We can always come back to that one. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> what we was talking about earlier ain't no point us bringing it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you looking forward to a DJ Khaled album? <laughs> oh man, but uh, alright, y'all, man. We appreciate. You know, I'm not gonna give the speech. <laughs> we'll see y'all next week. <laughs> <laughs> see, see y'all next time. You know, you don't have to overthink it. Bye, motherfucker. Doses. Yeah.